Hello everyone, it's Christian Fuchs, former Schalke player. And just to know, you are listening to Schalke America. Glück auf. Sein Leben lang. Herzlich willkommen zurück auf Shark America. Uh, let's get into this because we got a lot to talk about. Uh, joining me as always, co-host Jack Mangan. How are we doing, Jack? I mean, is our stream going to be taken down for the Seinfeld music at the beginning? Yeah, I guess might. we'll find it's out. It's worth it at this point. Yeah, but I can I understand the reference that you're going for there, sir. Um, yeah, uh, eventful few days for our beloved football club. Um, not particularly good days, uh, despite being eventful, but, uh, yeah, uh, two encounters with, with Hoffenheim in the space of a week, neither of those went well for us. And now, uh, the tough questions that we're beginning to be asked of Frank Kramer are probably approaching a fever pitch. Um, and, uh, I think his fate's probably going to be decided pretty, pretty shortly here. Yes. So I think in this podcast, we're going to talk about obviously the two games as a cumulative, right? We don't need to re relive that misery, um talk about espn we could probably start with espn and then talk about what needs to happen going forward because hertha berlin is coming up on the horizon on sunday um overall through two games right the regular season game and the dfp pokal match eight to one in favor of hoffenheim um not pretty at all and i think it started off bad right i don't know if you caught the pre-match press conference between Kramer Schroeder, but it was very odd. I don't know. Did you catch it? I did not. You want to fill me in? Uh, you, you mean like the, the, the chemistry between the two of them? Yeah. There so it seemed awkward from the beginning, right? Um, and maybe I'm just reading too much into it. This is what I noticed when I watched the press conference. Uh, and early on, Kramer seems very defensive in, in, the, in the press conference. And then they asked him about the new signing, Kolo, uh, Kolacek or something like that. I forget the new player. Um, and in the middle of his of his spiel about him, Schroeder like cuts him off and like Kramer looks over like, okay, what? And then, you know, I guess Schroeder didn't like the way the answer was going and he just answered it for himself. Um, and so the whole press conference seemed kind of off from the, from the get go. Um, but they kept talking about, we need to see attitude. We need to see attitude adjustment because the Leverkusen game was crap. Uh, and I agree with that part, right? They said all the right things, but it just felt awkward going to the game three, nothing, they say they saw a better reaction. I guess, did you see a better reaction in that game from the Leverkusen? I guess a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is a tough one because, yeah, I mean, still we didn't play well, obviously, overall. Um, so there's there's a ton to criticize in terms of how that game went. Was it the same kind of performance um, as the Leverkusen game, despite the scoreline being very similar? I would say no. I think, I think we had way more shots on target in that match, and there you go, pulling it up. I'm not sorry, not shots on target, but shots at least. Um, so we, yeah. we were at least finding ways to attempt things on goal. Um, and at, at times had a couple nice moments. Uh, and then the goals themselves, two of them come from penalties, which honestly, that's not Kramer's fault. No, nope. from like a tactical thing. I mean, like those were both just kind of like freak plays. It doesn't really have anything to do with how he's like setting up the team. Um, and then the third goal was, uh, right before halftime and 
you know, kind of shot through traffic. Shvalov is maybe unsighted, should have done better there as well. But I don't think that goal was even like terribly defended, all things considered, like on the scale of like some of the goals that you've seen us concede. Yeah. Like there wasn't like that clear of an angle for that to shoot. It was just a great job. For, I think it was DeBurr, right? Had yeah. that goal on halftime. Yeah. And he had two more today. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So the way they scored, not the most egregious overall. Um, still a bad performance, but at least. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, you look at the XG on that screen right there, three, three, four, six. Yeah, for, the for point seven seven. Yeah, I mean, like one point five of that is purely from penalty shots. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, like, yeah. it, yeah. Anyway, um, it improved, but but not to a point that's really worth talking about that deeply. Yeah, yeah, and it improved a little bit, like you said. Um, and then the post mass press conference was like, Schroeder didn't attend. Uh, Brighton writer kind of was like, you know, hey, you know, Schalke did play courageously. You know, we were the better team. Uh, Schroeder was like, Schroeder said the same thing. He was just like, you know, as a, we look better in terms of attitude. That's about it. And the big question was, would Cromer stay? And Schroeder immediately, like within the next couple hours or whatever, said, yeah, Cromer's on the bench, definitely for the game uh, in the Pokal. It's consistency. We have a couple days away. Okay, I get it, I guess. Um, and then <laughs> going to today, and 5 1 is the result. Um, not pretty at all. Goal starting started early, consistently all the way through. Drexler got one on the back, but I mean, we just looked yeah. bad today. It wasn't just like you mentioned it. The first game against them, two penalties. One probably was shouldn't have been a penalty, and then you know that goal by DeBoer today was just ineptitude exactly all the way through. And, and that's the thing is, I think I think you and I had talked about after the Leverkusen game, if we were to go to Hoffenheim and have a similar result we were expecting Cromer to be fired. I think the reason he wasn't fired, and once again, there could be financial aspects that are in play here in terms of you know coaching size, whatever, although ultimately we're going to make a move. I think we have to, so I don't really know how much of a consideration that was. But um, but I think the thing that saved him was, once again, even though the scoreline was 3-0, I think it would be I think it'd be difficult to look at that game and, once again, put that all on Cromer in terms of like managerial ineptitude. And so that may have you know given him that extra like week at the helm potentially to kind of yeah. get a result or something. Um, unfortunately, after losing to Hoffenheim, and you've seen them and you kind of know what they're they're about and they want to do, um, I, you would think that it would be like Schalke potentially that would be able to improve relative to Hoffenheim the second time around as opposed to the other way because Hoffenheim, you know, had a good start to the season under Brighton, right? They were in the top four, right? Or close to it Fourth, at this point. Yeah, I think. Um, look pretty competent against us. Then they're just going to kind of keep playing their game, presumably, and mostly just kind of do what they're doing. You would think it'd be Schalke that would tweak some things. And um, from the get go, like you said, I mean, Angelino had a shot within, I think, a couple minutes <laughs> yeah. that he was just wide open for. They scored, I think, within five or six. Yep. Um, I mean, had three before halftime added a couple more, uh, you know, comedy of errors at the back. I mean, one of the goals they scored, I think we had like eight in the box and they still just like passed right through us because Yoshida stepped out randomly and put, and they had a goal taken away because they scored another one, but it was a offside call or interference to the goalkeeper or whatever. Yeah. And like, listen, like you you look, you look at the starting lineup. Shvalov, we're not, we never have been a fan of him as a goalkeeper in general. 4.6 rating football. (laughs) There you go. Whatever. But like, you don't have been a fan of him since before we signed him. Right. So like, I mean, nothing new on that front, but like, Matriciani crawl Yoshida. What do you expect? Like, like what? And and this is the problem. I mean, when we talked about, you know, uh, the, you know, I had a tweet earlier in the year. I'm kind of rambling now. I apologize. I had a tweet earlier in the year where I was talking about how, like, you know, I know the Itakura sale was was unpopular, but like it was responsible and the right thing to do. I was not expecting that we were also going to get rid of Malik Chow and Ozan Kabak on top. You know what I mean? I was expecting yeah. that one of those guys would be retained. That hasn't happened. Um, uh, we've had injury troubles already in, in those positions to multiple players. I mean, we still haven't seen 
Um, why is his name escaping me again? Uh, Kaminsky, sorry. We yeah. still haven't seen Kaminsky in quite a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so now we're in this position where you're looking at our back line. And like, that. I'm sorry, that's not a Bundesliga back line. Crawl is not exclusively a center back. You know what I mean? Um, Matriciani is, sorry, he's below average level for Bundesliga for a right back. Yoshida, after a couple of decent performances from a composure standpoint and organizational standpoint at the beginning of the season, has fallen off a cliff with the Schalke performances in recent weeks. Oyan hasn't been himself. Um, overall in the course of the season, Donnie Lotz has barely played. Larson's looked bad. Like every, you know, pretty much every time yeah. he's come in, Flick has been okay overall, yeah. but like bad moments from him too. But like, you know, one of the more consistent players, I guess you'd say, which isn't saying a whole lot. Mullet has barely played. We finally saw him in these previous two Hoffenheim matches. I thought he looked okay in the first one, had some yeah, good moments offensively, but like, and then, you know, it's it, Toronto. You can't do much without the service and more. Talk to me about more. Because like, so I, I was working today. I didn't even see the game. I only saw the highlights. You were watching the game. What was going on with Moore today? Why was he taken off early? What are your thoughts on that? So, my assumption, this is based purely on watching it, is that Moore or not Moore, Cromer didn't like what was going on. Period, and just took him out. Um, so originally, this lineup is as it is, but it's not how it actually started. It started with Machisiani and Yoshida at center back, Moore at right back, and Crawl in the middle. And as soon as the game started, it went to like a back five or crawl, jumped into the back, uh, and then Moore was exclusively a winger on the right side. And he's a left-footed player, and tried to, he did his best on that side, but I mean, he was going down the pitch, I thought, but I guess they kept getting beat left and right and center, um, mostly on Moore's side, and I, I guess he took it out on Moore and pulled him out of the game. I would have taken it out on Matriciani, honestly, but you know, um, just because you got Moore's a little bit of pacey, he's got a left-footed shot. Um, he had a shot before he came out too, but yeah, within like 30 minutes or so, uh, he got pulled and I then comes on and pretty much plays that winger spot. Um, I know here has him as like an attacker, but, um, it was really, it was really Toroto with, with, uh, Molet flick and Larson behind him. And lots of was in like a, a back to whatever with a uh, crawl and then crawl would jump into the back defense. So defensively we were a five, two, three, five, two, three. Um, and then offensively you kind of look like this, I guess, but I, I didn't understand why more came out other than Cromer was like, we're getting torch. I just need something. And he brought an Iden. I'm happy he had Iden, but more was not the guy I would have selected. Unless somebody sees something that I didn't see. I think Moore's taken off was unjustified. Unless there was an injury that I didn't know about. It didn't look like it. He looked pretty pissed off when he got taken out. So that's, the thing, that's, that's what I was asking is because once again, I didn't see the game today, just some of the highlights and he looked pretty upset when he, I mean like the, uh, the fourth of which he was slapping players' hands down the bench was uh, some Crawler frustration included. being, yeah, exactly. Fr some frustration being taken out there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't want to be too harsh here, but like, I also thought it was funny that like, you know, Cromer sent Iden out with a piece of paper with tactical instructions. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, that piece of paper is going to, you know, you're you're down, you're down five nil on aggregate at this point over, you know, three halves of football. Surely whatever's written on that paper is going to somehow sort this out, you know, five minutes before halftime or whatever. I got it, was. The, I got it guys. I got yeah, it. Yeah, it just I almost kind of wish Cromer hadn't done that for his own sake because it kind of just seems a little silly. But um, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm I'm, be, I'm probably being too harsh there. Uh I don't remember if it was the second or third goal, but Schroeder, I mean, everyone's vividly upset. Schroeder gets up and like storms off the bench, and I'm like, he's gonna find a new manager, but he didn't. He, I think he went to go yell at the referee or something like that. Um, but <laughs> I mean, it looks like Cromer's lost the, the dressing room, honestly. I mean, yeah. this yeah. performance, I don't think they showed up today, no. and I think like, it might be because it's a DFB Pokal, which you would think they hey, maybe that's your one shot at silverware, you're gonna try for that. I mean, I'm not saying players didn't care, but like. 
I don't know. It, it was such a shambles from the beginning. It's hard. To, I mean, it's hard to believe that like they were really invested in it. I think they're just probably trying to get to the Bundesliga game on the weekend. I don't know. Um, but and yeah, Kramer's two in, games. In... Yeah. Kramer's in danger. Um, you look at the lineups of two games. So like between the two games, between the game on Friday and today, Hoffenheim's like, it ain't broke. We're not changing a jack squad. We're going to keep the exact same squad. And Kramer went to five different players. Um, and like we said, they kind of played okay in that game against Hoffenheim. They didn't get you know results or uh, the right luck but they had a reaction and he takes out five of those players unnecessarily maybe. And it showed, I mean, like you said, maybe he lost the locker room and they absolutely didn't show for him. I mean, it could also be a freshness thing there. They're, I mean, I think it's, I think it is indisputable that the most important, the only important competition for us is the Bundesliga. So I'm not going to be overly critical of them, you know, losing this game in the DFP Pokal. Yeah. Um, even though it is like your one chance to really compete in something, cause we're not going to win the, the league, but you know, maybe that was the goal I- too. You know, no, it's something. It's possible. I don't know how they were approaching it, but like, yeah. Even so, um, even with the squad rotation and everything, it it didn't appear to be a particularly strong effort. Like we said, wide open chances occurring within two or three minutes of the game starting. Um, It's not as if like you know they they put up a good resistance for sixty seventy minutes, then you know got tired and the mental focus started waning, and then they started having gaps. There were gaps from the first whistle in this, which just speaks to you know a change I think needing to be made. Um, at this point, uh, and you know, you listen to some of Cromer's post-game comments. And once again, I apologize; I don't, the, you know, the full context, or whatever, because I don't speak German. But I was seeing, you know, some reporters tweeting out his comments after the game, and they seemed to be very vague and just sort of, "I'm at a loss. I don't know how. You know, you don't have the passion or the energy. I don't know what to do. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Worst performance of the season. Yeah. These kind of things. I mean, it sounds like like a manager who's just kind of in full exasperation mode and probably knows his time is limited and just kind of. Yep. being honest about I don't know how to steer the ship. And once you also start making those comments, there's kind of no way back for you because you're basically admitting that you don't know how to fix it. And um, listen, this isn't the best possible squad that Shorter's handed him. Uh, we understand the limitations of the squad. Uh, and maybe, you know, I was wrong in my estimation about this squad being capable of of achieving safety this season. Me too. Um, but once again, we've had better performances earlier in the season than we've had the last four games or so. And I, I don't know. I, I think if we have any chance of rescuing this, we probably need to pull the trigger sooner rather than later. It's very like the Christian gross at the end of his time where the team is just like, nah, I don't care anymore. Uh, Jake, you're not the only one. When we saw the lineups, we're like, what, what's going on here? Uh, we kind of just talked about it about five, 10 minutes ago, but uh, looking forward, I think one or two things need to happen. We can have this discussion here. Cause I'm curious on your thoughts, but I think there's two choices here and only two choices going forward. Choice number one, Cromer's gone. Needs to get out. Get a new manager. I know we don't have the financial capabilities to buy anyone, but Pellegrino Matarazzo, I would take him in a heartbeat. I doubt we can afford him. Obviously, there's Tedesco out there. I don't care. Cromer needs to go, or, and I hate doing this because I love the guy, Schroeder needs to go for negligence because this is absolutely ineptitude by the team. I know they're in a financial situation. They can't afford anything, but we look completely terrible. And all we want is the guys to play hard and look like some resemblance of football so we can go in there and enjoy it. And we haven't seen any of that. Rarely have seen that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, so listen, for me, Schroeder has built up a lot of um, equity and trust with what he did last year. Um, I mean, yeah. despite the fact that we had Gramatis as coach and, you know, less, about 10 games from the end of the season, it looked like we weren't anywhere near promotion. So I, I understand that kind of rapidly changed at the end and maybe put a slightly more rosy tint on 
the picture from last season, but I do think overall he did a very good job in sort of rebuilding that squad. Oh, for um, sure less so this season, but that was always going to be more of a challenge when you're moving up to a higher level with the kind of, you know, resource limited setup we have at the moment. Um, but I, I think you and I both questioned his appointment of Cromer to begin with. Um, and I mean, for all the things we've already said, like, you know, had some decent performances early on. And then, you know, even after the Leverkusen performance, the Hoffenheim performance wasn't as bad. So I can understand like kind of playing it week by week and not trying to like, you know, do something way too premature, but I would agree. I think after, uh, the run that we've been on, and then especially this this response in this DFP Pokal game midweek against Offenheim. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, even if we were to grind out a result against Hertha Berlin this weekend on Sunday, right? And we were to, you know, let's say we get like a two one win and we look decent, does that really move the needle for you that much? No. Based on what you've seen from, I don't think it does. I think we're kind of at the point where it's like we've been seeing too much. There's nothing happening on the offensive end. The defense is calamitous. It's not like we're losing two nil. Yeah. you know, with just poor offense, we're losing four or five nil, you know, like multiple times this season. Um, we have a negative 14 goal difference after 10 games. So we're averaging, you know, more than a goal defeat per game. We've almost it, given up the same amount of goals as we did all last year. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's games. not. Yeah. I mean, you, you would struggle to look at a certain area of the pitch or a certain phase of play at the moment and say, Hey, that's something that Schalke appears to be doing competently. And that's like an area that like Kramer has us really kind of purring. Yeah. Um, it, it just anywhere you look on the pitch at the moment, it's just not working out. And um, you know, before this thing gets too out of hand, I think yeah, it is probably likely that we need to make a change. You look at the table at the moment and um, you know, we're in 17th place, obviously in the relegation zone, but you know, between what 17th and, 13th there's four points yeah which is to be expected it's early in the season so i mean but i mean like you know you, you get a couple of results here and there and then suddenly we're right back in sort of the mix of you know potentially um those those deep safety places or whatever um and uh yeah it's not it's not too late by any stretch of the imagination but if you let this go on until you know exactly two, two three four more games we lose most of those suddenly the hole's a little bit deeper um you know we're, we're within touching distance within one result of like 14th place right now and two results of, of like 13th, you know, so. And we have some big fixtures coming up ahead too. I mean, the Hertha Berlin, Hertha Berlin, yeah. Hertha Berlin is winnable. We win, we're in 14th position, assuming everybody else loses above us. But I mean, you got, I think Byron's on the horizon. Frankfurt, Mainz is on horizon. Freiburg, um, Vertebrame is on horizon, I believe. Um, so some big, big fish to fry here in the next few weeks. And so, if we're not looking good now, we're not going to look good then, certainly. And and I don't want – I love Schroeder. I agree with everything you said about Schroeder. I think he's – even even if he were to get let go, he'd still go down in Schalke history because what he did last year, fantastic, right? With no money, being able to find a team and get him championship and promoted within the first year. Um, but something has to change. And I ra I'd rather be Kramer because I want to see what Schroeder can do. Uh, but – I don't know where we go from here. I mean, yeah. I don't see the names that float up. Asamoa, someone mentioned um put Buyo in Asamoa's spot and Asamoa as a as a manager. I think Joseph said something similar to that too. Whatever. I mean, something needs to happen. It just Cromer, it's not working. And if and if what you say is true, that potentially the, the locker room is lost, that's even more reason to get rid of him. I mean, it certainly seems that way, doesn't it? It seems like they have no idea what they're supposed to be doing out there at the moment. Yeah. It's it's wildly disorganized, um, which is not it. Which is not I don't know. That 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 to me, 
the fight doesn't seem to be there today uh, for the most part. And, and it, it, their organization has reached a certain point where, you know, we, we talked earlier in the season, like, hey, the performances aren't good, but there at least seems to be structure, right? Yeah. And so often yeah. in the past, we've been watching, you know, Schalke and these relegation campaigns and we're like, it, it does, there's nothing discernible happening. It doesn't look as anyone knows how to execute whatever the game plan is supposed to be. In the last couple games, at, to varying like degrees, it's it started to look like that. Yeah. And that to me just means like they don't – we also heard that, you know, the long ball thing, right? <laughs> the players were, 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 you know, complaining about the long ball situation, which you and I have been talking about for a while. Well, he changed the formation for the first Hoffenheim game and played significantly less long balls. So you could tell that he was like somewhat um, – agree. I mean – listening to that after a while at least but, but that's how you lose a locker room too right <laughs> is oh yeah you know it's, okay, no, I'll just it's one thing like, if from the beginning you're listening to your players you're working together and you're figuring it out as a team but if the whole time you're doing it your way and then all of a sudden you're like yeah let's try it your way and it's like oh it wasn't that bad you know you could lose the locker room that way yeah but my bottom line is this i yeah i, I don't think to me i don't think Schroeder's on the chopping block at no. all i think i mean i think he's going to be here through the season um if for some reason we get relegated this year and he goes through a couple managers maybe things look bad enough where they get rid of him but like i said he's built up a lot of equity equity with what he did last year yeah. although the interesting thing i think is i think you and i would probably look back at last year and say like yeah you know and like when things weren't going well he fired his manager and brought in you know buyo and, and got it right but i think the thing is like we actually were critical of how long it took him to make that move yeah and we i'm wondering if, if he's Day, not exactly april may and that meant it's kind of like revisionist history in my own memory i'm like yeah you get he fired the coach when he needed to and got and like but no actually you and i thought it should have happened a lot earlier and i wonder if a similar thing's happening now where it's like you know gramatsis he inherited this is his appointment so he's staking a little bit more on it in that in that regard um and that starts to reflect poorly on you as a sporting director obviously if you start going through managers these are kind of your decisions so um i think maybe for that reason he was holding on hope a little bit longer as well yeah. Uh, to say nothing of, you know, the financial angle and everything else. So, um, yeah, I think I think this Heritage game, if news doesn't come before this weekend regarding Cromer, if, if you know, the, the comments that Schroeder made about him having two more games on the bench are, are true and nothing changes, um, then obviously all eyes will be on the Heritage fixture, and that will clearly be, I think, the decisive one. And Cromer at this point would probably need a pretty spectacular result in that game to avoid um the hammer falling uh like a, like a comprehensive win with a decently structured performance it can't just be you know a draw or whatever i think even if he gets a draw against heritage who are in what 15th place at the moment yeah um i think that probably gets him out of there as well um yeah, yeah. And, and this is probably the time to make the move because you give them new guy five games and then the winter uh world cup break right the world cup breaks probably a month long um and so you give them five games See what the team is about, and then figure it out in the in the month month off or whatever. But the next five games, at Hertha, home to Freiburg, at Werder, home to Mainz, home to Bayern. Bayern, we end Bayern. So Bayern's going to give us a bad note going to the World Cup break. But uh, yeah, we play on the fifth, the ninth, and the twelfth of November. Like it's it's so cramped, and then and then we're off until January. Yeah. Um, so it's more than a month. It's almost like you know, it's like two months or almost more. But yeah. It's gonna be yeah. Off. Um. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I don't. I don't think we can wait five games to make a change. Um, you know, like I said, unless for some reason things change dramatically this weekend against Heritage, but I don't think any of us see that happening at this point. Um, no. Tough. And yet you always feel bad. Like I never feel happy about like you know a coach no. performing poorly and then potentially losing his job. But you and I weren't high on him from from the beginning, and and you know despite a you know a tepid but like okay, let's see how this goes kind of start. It's fallen off a cliff, and uh, we need to get in front of it before this train is no longer stoppable. And it's within reach. Like you said, it's within reach at the moment. Let's capitalize right. on that instead of going into the deep hole. 
like we were in the past and then no way to get out of it. Um, you know, I mean, I feel bad for Cromer for sure. He seems like a nice guy. Uh, seems like his tactics should work in theory, but it just doesn't work or the personnel wasn't there. I don't know. It didn't work out. Um, and it was always a weird relationship, right? You're coming in with a, a coaching staff that's already set. Team's already set pretty much. Um, but still, you, you got to move on. This is a business and you got to do what's best for the team. So yeah. we'll see. Um, I'd be okay waking up tomorrow to news that Kramer's being fired. Just saying. I'm sure that many people would share the sentiments, including your panelists here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we would agree. Um, it's the thing is, though, like, I mean, this is the mitigating point in sort of the, the, the Kramer criticism is, once again, are you able to pull up the graphic of the starting lineup today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. I know you weren't expecting me to ask you that, but um, the, the, the the, the, this is the point I'm trying to, like, I want to just make is like, once again, like a mitigating factor. If you look at the starting lineup today, like, look at, look at the five, look at the back five of those players. It's Matriciani, Crawl, Yoshida, Oyan, and Shvolo. And then in front of that, it's like Larson, Lotza, Flick, Mole. I mean, like... That, it's not. It's not a good starting eleven. It just isn't. Like I think. I think you know the very best of our team is a little bit better than that. If we have like an ideal starting eleven, I think. I, I still think we have a competent and potentially like you know safety yeah. achieving yes. team. I didn't think it was going to be a ninth or a tenth place finish. I thought it was probably going to be more like thirteenth, fourteenth, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. But I think that's capable of it. But whatever we're playing at the moment, due to availability and other reasons, like that, that is not a Bundesliga starting eleven. Um, so that's the one that you can say kind of in, in favor of Cromer and against, you know, whatever hire you bring in is they're going to have to work with the same squad. Um, all we have is a January window. You know, there tends to be less business in January than the summer. Um, and then plus you have the financial structures on top of that. It's like, you know, what is a new coach going to be able to bring in? Um, and, and is he going to be able to find a way to kind of coach around the talent that he has at the moment? Cause Cromer right. hasn't been able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a tall task for anybody. For sure. Um, I saw a nice debate, not a nice debate, just a couple tweets going back and forth where someone's like, the choice is evident. We need to bring him back to Desco. This is perfect for him. And someone's like, I want to see winning football, not the same crap we just watched, you know? And people forget, us included, we, we relive the, the glory that was Tedesco, the second place finish that one year. But then also we forget the end of his tenure where he was losing like 7 nothing, 5 nothing, 4 nothing teams. He had no other than City. No teams had no right losing to and uh, kind of lost the team the way Cromer lost it. So, yeah, it's everything's up for debate. I don't know who we can afford, honestly, whether we could afford him or Matarazzo or whomever, or maybe it has to be an eternal move. I don't know. It's going to be Rice. And let's be honest. Oh. Like, that's who we can afford and that's who we're looking at, which is not inspiring either. That's the thing is no. like, would you take, would know. you take Asamoa over Rice? No. No. I mean, listen, I have no idea what Asamoa's coaching credentials are. I don't even know if he has a license. The coach he's a player man like he's like a team manager right he's not even like yeah. he's not like on the coaching staff i don't think um i would obviously much rather um go after somebody who had a job within the past couple weeks than like no i mean no offense to Asamoah. like i think sure. it's great that we have him on the, like having him like as a part of the club and in that deeply embedded with the team um i think you saw that pay dividends um you know last year especially down the stretch as well uh but yeah we need we need like a proper a proper manager in too bad you can't um, give a contract. So, too bad there's not a manager out there with the heart in him where he'll take a fully incentivized contract where you don't take anything up front, but if they get say in the league, then you get the money, right? You prove your worth, and then we'll give you the money. I don't think anyone's going to take that, but it'd be nice to see. At least someone that we would like to see. I don't know. 
Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, listen, I think all of us would take Tedesco in a heartbeat if for some reason that was going to happen. Obviously, it's not going to happen, but if for some reason it was, but since we're talking about it, but like, I, I do, I do agree. I think, I think there has been some revisionist history there as well. I mean, yeah. second place, I mean, I think any of us would take that regardless because of how bad things have been recently. Like second place seems like, you know, a world away. Yeah. But <laughs> as we said, during that campaign, while it was happening, the foot, the offensive football wasn't particularly great. We had like, no. what, like 11, 12 set piece goals, like in penalty goals and everything like oh, that, was making up, that was making up for a lot of our like, lack yeah. of offensive production. Yeah. Um, we were really defensively organized. Great. And like the spirit in that team, the team unity and the chemistry and the fighting Fantastic. spirit is like off the charts. You have to give Tedesco that, but like, there were clearly cracks that were suggesting we probably shouldn't have achieved that second place finish. We didn't address those in the offseason, and then everything fell apart in year 200 Tedesco, which fell apart more than we expected it to. But that yeah. that that decline, I think, was predicted by us. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what, what what like a Tedesco would be able to do with the squad either at the moment. Um, yeah. Final thoughts before we move on this topic. Um, Matarazzo, would you take him? I mean, it's Shalk America, right? And uh, technically. There's the uh, the American angle there, yeah. so no. Um, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, over Thomas Rice, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. but I, I, I don't think we can afford him. Yeah, I think it's gonna be Rice. Yeah, Rice, um, Rice, baby. <laughs> uh, speaking of baby, uh, ESPN. Uh, let's talk about them real quick before we wrap this up, because uh, for those in the states, got to witness the shit show that was ESPN, at least the English feed, um, starting out the game. Very choppy. I thought it was my phone at first, and ended up checking on my on my TV, and then I went over to the Spanish the Spanish feed, and it seemed to work out after after a while. The English feed just completely lost. I mean, I don't know anybody else who got their feed back, but Jack, I don't think you got your feedback, right? English feed. Nope. Yeah, I went down early, and uh, in a great shame because uh, friend of the pod, Derek Ray, on the comms today for ESPN for this deep people count match. I would have loved to hear his yes. call of the game, but unfortunately, yes. it was only the Spanish stream that was. Uh, that was working. Now, as a polyglot, that's no problem for uh, for a man of your, you know, <laughs> considerable talents, linguistic talents. But uh, for the rest of us, uh, embarrassing, uh, yeah. you know, solo language speakers, it was uh, yeah, great to, not, I like that. I like to that. not be able to hear uh, Derek Ray on the call. But yeah, uh, that life. that was the one downside is that you don't get to hear Derek Ray, and I, you know, uh, love listening to him talk. It's just like poetry right uh but yeah the espn feed seems to always crap out it seems not always it happens a lot more often than it should um luckily the spanish feed is working so normally in this situation you think it's the same feed it should work the same but it didn't in this case uh, which i'm happy for because the spanish feed is good um but yeah it just espn's got to do better about that you know and it's not just this i've seen it with hockey games and other things too where it's just like it just doesn't get the feed sometimes and uh it's it's frustrating um though i will note about the Spanish commentaries that they also mentioned how disorganized we looked and inept that we looked in the game. So, um, but that's you no know, here or there. And you would know that because you speak Spanish. There you go. There you go. There it is. All right. Next game, Hertha. Um, I honestly have no idea how this next game is going to go because one, I don't know if the manager is going to be the same. And then two, I don't know what team's going to show up. Is it a team that's going to show that they care or what we saw here at Hoffenheim tonight? Um, I would bet on if nothing changes, a team similar to what we see tonight. Uh, but I don't know. I so I don't know what to make this Hertha Berlin match. It is the of the next five games. It's the only the most winnable, most winnable. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't anticipate anything changing significantly. But um, it, unless something does, unless something does change, uh, the result on Sunday might hurt a lot. So um, yeah. that's a play on words. Uh, uh, there you go. 
uh, uh, <laughs> and, and to Jake's comment, uh, yes, FIFA Pro Clubs commentated by Derek Ray. Um, yeah. And uh, yes, I, I have a pretty good Derek Ray impression that I'm working on at the moment. So maybe I'll unveil that later in the season. Oh, uh, it, it's supposed to be uh, you know, a great compliment to Derek. He's fantastic. But I don't know. Maybe he'd be offended. <laughs> we should have him no, on I'm and sure. find out. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll do the impression too, Derek. Yeah, that's right. There you go. <laughs> All righty then. Um, I don't know. I got nothing else. I'm kind of more pissed off of what I've been seeing the last couple, well, definitely last two games, but, you know, overall the last four or five games or so. So I don't know. Quick shout out to Ozan Kabak for not celebrating after scoring on us. Yeah. Um, the curse of the former player strikes again. Knew it was uh, going to happen. Knew had an assist happen. as well, if you recall. Yeah. Um, yeah. For, I think that was their first goal, maybe. You might be right. It might, might be right. Uh, crawl just atrocious on that play. Lets the pass in initially, and then gets deep. absolutely burned on the on the on the cutback. Oh my goodness! Yeah, not good. But uh, shout out to Kabak. Always appreciate when people don't you know do the selling and everything. So yeah, especially the us, especially the us. Um, shout out, shout out, shout outs. Or someone's gonna shut up, but I don't remember anymore. So anyway, shout out to all the Shaka supporters out there who are going through this together with us. Uh, yeah, I got nothing else really. Um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, two games, eight one on aggregate. We don't need to go in more detail than that. Um, I'm glad I didn't watch the game today. <laughs> I'm glad I was spared from that. And uh, yeah, just try to reset for uh, Sunday and see what happens because yep. uh, I think the rest of our season is going to be strongly linked to the outcome of that game. I couldn't agree 100 percent more, and I wish I wasn't. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this one up, Jack. Uh, where can our followers find you on social media? At JM Mangan, J M M A N G A N on Twitter. Stumbled last time. Nice read. Back and form now on the nice Twitter rebound. handle. You can follow me at R underscore K H A R M A N. And next game is on Sunday against Hertha Berlin. Must win if there ever was one. All right. For Jack and Richard, catch you soon. Glukauf. Mm-hmm.